Kara Meek, and I'm the National President for Women's Energy Network, aka WEN. WEN is focused on developing a community of energy professionals across the world who are connected locally and networked globally. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories and experiences of those who are part of our growing community. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Women's Energy Network podcast series. I am your host today, Ekin Senlet. I'm a partner at Barclay Damon, working with renewable energy clients in New York. And I'm also the president of the Women's Energy Network for Greater Albany. I routinely represent clients in the proceedings before the New York PSC, New York ISO, and the newly established ORAS. Women Energy Network's mission is to educate, attract, retain, and develop professional women in the energy industry. Today, I have the great pleasure of talking with Manda Lefton, the director of the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, also known as BOEM. Amanda, thank you so much for being with us today. Amanda is no stranger to the Kevlar region and New York. She grew up in Long Island and she has a bachelor's degree from SUNY Albany. Prior to serving as a director of BOEM, Amanda most recently served as the first assistant secretary for energy and environment for the governor of New York, where she led the state's climate and environmental initiatives. During her time, New York pioneered in implementing nation-leading climate and renewable energy initiatives. Amanda was appointed to BOEM in February of this year. Again, so excited to have you as our guest today and looking forward to a great discussion about your new role at BOEM. Before we started with that, um, and also talk about offshore wind business, Amanda, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your background. Can you tell us and our audience a little bit about your personal career evolution and how you entered the energy industry? Oh, absolutely. Well, first, it's such a pleasure to be here with you today. Great, great to have the opportunity to uh, reconnect with the Women in Energy Network and the Capital Region, what an important resource uh, and an important uh, organization. So I am, um, as you noted, I'm, I'm, I am the new director of BOEM, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, and it's really a, an incredible honor to serve this administration. And really, um, my, my personal career uh, growth probably probably would bore many, but, but uh, come to BOEM uh, really having worked in, in New York State on policy uh, for, for many, many years, um, worked for the New York State Senate and also for the New York State Assembly. And, and actually my first entree into energy policy was working for the then energy chair for the New York State Assembly and worked uh, on, on energy issues. I also spent some time in the labor movement, which is as critical to the way that this administration and the Biden-Harris administration is approaching our growth into clean energy. I and worked on, for many years for an organization called the Nature Conservancy and really f- saw firsthand, you know, really the important discussions around citing renewable energy and just how critical those conversations were. And then last, uh, you know, obviously worked for uh, the, the former governor and energy and environment portfolio overseeing the 12 energy and environment agencies in the state. And, and again, you know, as we worked on landmark legislation like, you know, the CLCPA also wrestled with 
critical issues around renewable energy siting and really continue to wrestle with that between different different agencies with different missions and different perspectives. And, and I would say all of those different spots in my career have been uh, very, very applicable to, to what we you know, continue to, to wrestle with and, and the work that we're doing at Bellum. That's a fascinating story and also makes, makes me and I'm sure the audience feel very, you know, very fortunate to still have you as connected with the uh, Albany Capital Region as well as when, and also very proud that, um, you know, one of us is there and leading Bellum. So let's, let's switch to your new position. As you're aware, through the uh, governor's office here in New York, various renewable companies being located in New York, such as GE Renewables and so many others. NYSERDA, the state agencies, the port authorities, all being located here in the capital region. We have a huge offshore network here for all in Albany, and we are all rooting for your success, your team's success, and your success at Boehm. Can you tell us a little bit about your new role and also explain the uh, Bureau's mission and goals for our audience? So yes, the, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management is what we're called, BOEM for short, and uh, it's not a federal agency that too many people are familiar with, but we are federal agencies within the Department of Interior uh, tasked with responsible over, responsibly overseeing uh, energy and marine mineral development in the U.S. outer continental shelf. We work on things like offshore oil and gas, renewable energy, sand and gravel resources, including things like marine minerals or, or critical minerals, and also, of course, things thinking about things like coastal protection and restoration from those sands, from sand resources from the outer continental shelf. And so as we look ahead um, and we think about the Biden-Harris administration, you know, their main priority for us at BOEM is really growing the offshore wind industry. So while we are the lead agency tasked with managing all energy and mineral resources in the outer continental shelf, our renewed focus is truly on offshore wind. And that, that makes everyone get so excited. As I mentioned, in the capital region, we are very excited to be part of the offshore, uh, new offshore projects as well as the industry growing here. So you mentioned you work with a lot of different stakeholders as part of BOEM, both in the wind business and other offshore business. So there are so many stakeholders, and I'm just gonna make an example of when it comes to the uh, wind, wind offshore projects. There are the states, there are the state regulators, the developers, fishermen, supply chain, port authorities, and the list goes on and on. So how does the Bureau manage all these different perspectives and try to find balance? Um, is there a key to success in your opinion? Well, I, I will say that, you know, in my view, very much the, the most important thing that we can do at BOEM is uh, in order to achieve the administration's goals for 30 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030, we need to focus on our process and our engagement because we know what's really critical in order to move this forward and ensure that not just that we have projects, but that we have good projects is to have greater certainty in what this looks like and how we're gonna move forward with reviews and an efficient and expeditious process. And that, that certainty is not just important for the developer community, though, of course, a critical piece for, for the project proponents, but also so important for other ocean users. We know that uh, in order for us to be successful, we need to work closely with and have at the table other industries that have historically relied on the ocean, like the commercial fishing industry 
like the recreational industry. Also, critically, other federal agencies like the Department of Defense and the Coast Guard that have equities, as well as, of course, NOAA and and the Department of Commerce more broadly. We also know that we have an incredible opportunity to move forward with offshore wind to create a domestic supply chain that's going to benefit many industries like those ports that you're talking about, like the communities in Albany Uh, in the Port of Albany that are being utilized for offshore wind projects. So all to say, we need a clear process that is inclusive and brings people to the table in order to ensure that we have all the voices there so that we can consider those impacts and opportunities. And we need to move forward with creating a pipeline so that all of those stakeholders that could potentially benefit from this industry are seeing those investments um, from that greater certainty in our processes moving along. So what I'm hearing is there, there is there needs to be a clear process. So there are a lot of new opportunities for you know, for work, for employment, uh, for the ports that we discussed. So what are the greatest challenges ahead of us for offshore wind? If you were to pick, you know, top one or top two, if you want to share your thoughts on that. I think for challenges, you know, one where where uh, or I'm incredibly excited that earlier this year, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Commerce, and the Department of Energy all came together with an all-of-government approach and said, we're going to ensure that we can achieve 30 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030. And that's that's the challenge. That's the goal. That's where we're going to get to. In order for us to get from the 42 megawatts of uh, current installed capacity in the United States, we have a lot of work to do in nine years. So I think challenge number one is ensuring that we have an all-of-government aligned approach on a process for offshore wind that's going to get us there that's appropriately resourced. Um, That is obviously, you know, challenge and opportunity number one. You know, number two, the, the other thing that comes with scaling up that fast is ensuring that we actually have adequate infrastructure in the United States to support that, right? In order to make that happen, we need significant investments in our supply chain. Uh, We need uh, to to ensure that we actually have available workforce and a lot of the different pieces need to come into place. And that is just an enormous opportunity for us to see major investments in our ports, major investments in uh, new manufacturing capabilities, and also of critical importance is ensuring that these projects are built labor. So we're not just creating the investment and creating the jobs, but rather built the union, but we're also creating good paying family supporting jobs. And just as critical when this administration talks about fighting climate change, they talk about creating union jobs. They go hand in hand. So all to say our big challenges are one, ensuring that we have the right processes and resources in place at the federal level to ensure that we're aligned and moving forward and we're gonna get these reviews done and we will. Uh, and two, ensuring that we take the opportunity to get the investments necessary so that we have the infrastructure and the workforce in place in order to build these projects and get them deployed by 2030. That's, again, another fascinating part of their challenges, but also we're all getting excited about the work to be done. And while we are getting this work done, there will be a lot of employment, domestic employment opportunities for, for clean energy jobs. Now I want to switch Very quickly, too. I mean, we talked about offshore, but in terms of energy transition, because I think we'll be remiss if we do not mention it during our podcast, not a day goes by without hearing the terminology energy transition. And especially 
within the past year, the pandemic has raised awareness of human beings, the relationship we have with the nature and environment, coupled with a few ice storms, heat waves, horrible fires in the West, as well as in Europe, it's becoming very clear that the time is right for energy transition. And I just wanted to ask your view, how do you see uh, offshore wind, you know, fits into that, as well as BOEM and where does the Bureau stand for all these, you know, again, a lot of work ahead of us in terms of energy transition? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one of the really powerful things about offshore wind is that it's located off our coast where people live. So first, you know, you you said it well, the climate crisis is really before us now. We know that we have an urgent need to transition to clean energy in order to fight climate change and to create good paying jobs. And in order for us to do that, transitioning to renewable energy from fossil fuels is a critical piece of that. And it's why offshore wind is a priority for this administration, because offshore wind does create that really important opportunity to bring clean renewable energy power to the grid located where where people are, where we have demand centers. So offshore wind is a really important piece of the puzzle, an important strategy for us to really move forward. And so where BOEM fits into this is is really our role uh, in implementing that ambitious goal that I spoke about before, that 30 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030. You know, we we have already leased 1.7 million acres in federal water for offshore wind development. We have 18 commercial leases already in the Atlantic, and we had planned to advance new lease areas in the Pacific, which we have announced, we're moving forward with the New York Bight here uh, here regionally. We're exploring additional areas in the Mid-Atlantic, uh, possibly in the Gulf of Maine, and even in the Gulf of Mexico. And we're going to review at least the 16 offshore wind project proposals that are before us now, which represent more than 19 gigawatts of clean new energy for the nation. You know, we're already really far in our way. I'm incredibly proud of the achievements of the incredible team at BOEM that uh, we've made in this administration already. In May, DOI uh, and BOEM took a historic first step and approved the first commercial scale offshore wind project in the United States. This 800 megawatt vineyard wind energy project will create 3,600 jobs. It will be built union. We've also advanced the proposed sale notice for the New York Bight, which could mean up to eight new lease areas. In May, the Department of the Interior, Departments of the Defense, and the state of California announced an agreement to advance areas for offshore wind off California's northern and central coasts. And these two areas can support up to, you know, even 4.6 gigawatts of offshore wind and ensure that we're really moving forward in the Pacific. In July, we move forward with a, a, a regional Carolina Long Bay Task Force to consider a sale there in next year. In August, we publish the environmental uh, impact statement for South Fork, a, a project that is, of course, contracted with LIPA in New York State. And we've advanced now seven projects towards environmental review in the last seven months with more to come this year. And in fact, one of them was just announced today. Um, and the Department of the Interior announced that we are moving forward with the environmental impact statement for the Sunrise Wind Project, which is a project that I, I'm sure that, that everyone here knows is, is, of course, contracted with NYSERDA, the New York State Energy Research Development Authority. And we plan to hold lease sales for the New York Bight early next year or and for offshore 
California and North Carolina in 2022 as well. So all to say, we have an enormous uh, challenge and opportunity in front of us. Bowen plays a really important role in achieving the administration's ambitious goals and just the efforts that I laid out that we've moved forward in just the last seven or eight months really truly demonstrate a sea change for offshore wind, uh, just acknowledging the important opportunity it plays in fighting climate change. It's almost impossible just to you know, get all at all in your head. And also you're talking about all of these opportunities and you have just taken off as when it was February of this year. So amazing work been being done. And again, we are all rooting for your success. Since the podcast is done for when, I would like to switch again back to some career advice, if you may, before we conclude. If you can share some insights with your audience, again, it will be most likely the when audience, especially for the women who are just getting into the energy industry. It doesn't matter, renewable, conventional oil and gas, uh, what have you. But what will be your suggestion for career growth growth? in this industry, especially because you have moved around quite a bit and you seem to make it work really well for yourself. Well, thank you. And I, I, um, I hope that you have some wiser, uh, incredible women that can share some great advice here and I can, I can do the best from my perspective. I, I first want to really acknowledge that, you know, there, there are not always a lot of women in this sector and uh, I think that it's so important to create strong networks and strong relationships with uh, with people throughout the way because it's not always easy to move forward. Uh, and we've all faced a lot of challenges for a lot of different reasons um, throughout our careers. And building strong networks is really important. And to that end, in building strong networks, being kind and inclusive uh, really matters throughout your career and who you talk to because you never really know if someone who is an intern one day is somebody very influential some some other time. And I think that always approaching everybody with kindness and uh, really approaching everybody with respect is really something that I've personally found to be really important. Uh, so that's 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 one piece. Two is not everybody gets credit for the work that they do, and sometimes that can be frustrating. But very often. The people that are important and that need to know it, know. So all to say, do good work and work hard and don't so much sweat the small stuff. Just stay confident and and, and keep, keep really driving towards outcomes and results and people notice and uh, people know who gets the job done, uh, even though it's not always really apparent. So, so one is, you know, build relationships and be kind and, and inclusive and, and respectful. And two is, you know, work hard and don't don't sweat the small stuff when when you don't always get credit where credits due because I think that that also happens a lot for for women and for women in energy uh, sort of irrespective of the industry. I think the last thing is something that I've seen in, in my career is while I've always really actually worked on energy and environment issues in some ways, um, you know, having a little bit of a diverse background on, on working in different sectors has been really beneficial and, and really bringing sort of those key principles through has been something that I think is particularly meaningful for where I sit now. Uh, you know, I, I do know a, a fair about, about energy policy, but I also know a lot about impacts to the environment and also the importance of, of a workforce and a labor workforce. And, and I, I would not have had that if I didn't 
sort of open myself up to from different perspectives and to have a little bit of, of a not always straight path career. So I'll to say that sometimes it's hard to see where you're going to land, but there's a lot of value in taking those turns every now and then and, and really trying to learn as much as you can throughout that process. All of them are just great advice. Thank you so much for sharing and being, you know, honest and kind of, you know, providing your background. Yours was definitely another traditional one. And I think it's very important to kind of, as you said, be mindful of who you deal with today. You don't know where everyone is going to end up and where you will end up. So being kind and nice doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man at the end of the day um, in order to get most of the job done, we have to have relationships. So it's it's a very good advice. And thank you for, for sharing your insights. I think we're coming to the end of our podcast. But before we conclude, is there anything else that you would like to um, add, comment on, anything for our audience? I Well, I just again, thank you so much. And thank you to, to, to WEN for just being a really great and important organization uh, to create those networks for, for women in the energy sector. Uh, and just very appreciative for the opportunity to be on and to talk to you and, and to say some things. But we didn't get to talk about just how much offshore wind can benefit New York. And I'm just, you know, so excited about the opportunities here in the capital region that offshore wind will bring and the great leadership that the state has has taken in establishing the most ambitious program in the country. And I, 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 I'll, I'll give all credit to Dorian Harris for that. But, and, and the, actually I shouldn't because I think she's partnered with so many people to make it happen over the years. And I'm glad to have partnered with her in my time. But all to say, we're at the Bureau very focused on the need to transition to a clean energy future. And the reason we are doing that is because we need to fight climate change and we have a tremendous opportunity to see real economic opportunities. And I think New York is a great example of where that's happening in real time, not just on the coast, but in the capital region and in other places. So just excited to continue to to be connected to the great folks here in the capital region as we continue to move forward with offshore wind, as we see those opportunities continue to, to, to come up. So just thanks for your time today. for listening. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on social media. Guest info and action links can be found in the episode notes. But if you have any questions, make sure you contact us via our website, www.womensenergynetwork.org. Until next time, stay connected. Stay connected.